0: In New York, call 8778 hope Why or text hope Why. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions midweek podcast where we bring in a very special guest to talk all things Detroit Lions. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I will be your co-host here for First Bite uh, as we enter the penultimate episode. One of my favorite words to use of our draft recap series uh, with me filling in for Ryan Matthews, who did indeed have a great baby. Uh, Chris Perfette, uh the as the adequate host. And Adequ- I'm doing. I'm kind of doing an adequate job here, stumbling over the 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 co hosting duties here because we're, I'm, I'm off we're, my I'm off my game here.
2: We're we're sharing the adequacy today. Yes, I am now the adequate co host. Ryan did have a great baby. Uh, Theodore is healthy and wonderful. You can go check out his pictures at Ryan underscore pod. I'm doing well today, and uh, yeah. I don't I have much to else t- to
1: Bama football roll tide today. Are we, are we doing, are we doing the roll tide? Is this <laughs> I, the roll we, tide? I, we have to, we have to, oh, because man. we have reached, as I said, the penultimate. Hold on a second. Let
2: me go. Let me go find a tree to poison. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh,
1: as, as you may or may not know, we've been doing a draft recap series, bringing a, a, in a college beat writer from each of our, the lines picks going in reverse order. So now we are to the lines. Second, first-round pick Uh, next week or maybe the week after we're still working on the schedule. We'll do Aiden Hutchinson, but it's Jameson Williams week is what I'm getting to. And uh, as always, we have a very special guest to talk about Jameson Williams. He is the senior recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com, which is part of 24-7 Sports. He is the co-host of Talking Tide podcast. It's Travis Ryer. Travis, thanks for joining us tonight. How's it going, guys? Glad to be here. Doing great, doing great. Um, <clears throat> ready to jump into some Jameson Williams talks. it was one of the most exciting picks the lions made on, on draft weekend. So let's let's start from the moment he landed at Alabama. I, I'd like to hear your kind of initial thoughts when uh it you know learned he, he was entering the transfer portal and, and landing in Alabama. What what I guess were the immediate expectations when once Jameson Williams was part of the rolling tide?
3: Well, I backside. think it's probably it was probably similar to what the Lions are gonna expect of him up there. And that's going to be the ability to stretch the field vertically first and foremost, just his speed in general and how it can not only supplement an offense, both throwing the football and also helping you out in the run game, because he'll back some safeties up, you know, Mm -hmm. if they want to creep up into the box and get nosy against the run game, uh, he's capable of making the defenses pay. And I think that's what Alabama needed at the time. Alabama had just gone through, 2021 spring drills had just seen Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith leave the program did return John Mechie so there was a sense of security in knowing that if you needed a volume guy maybe a hundred catch guy John Mechie could give you that and that's essentially what he gave Alabama before his own injury in the SEC championship game and so you needed that dynamic playmaker to go along with Mechie on the outside and You know, there had been a previous history there. That's one of the things, one of the undervalued aspects uh, of recruiting right now that probably isn't talked about enough. You're not just recruiting kids uh, at the high school level for your upcoming class. You're recruiting them and you're trying to develop relationships because you may be recruiting them again via the transfer portal. And that's Mm -hmm. essentially what happened with Jamison Williams. He had Alabama high on his list coming out of high school in the St. Louis area ultimately decided on Ohio State but when it looked like a mutual fit was there it worked out I'd say pretty well for both parties. Yeah,
2: I would say I, so. I I I've got to I've got to ask this about him in his final year at Alabama there too because I think something fast some one of the most fascinating things with the University of Alabama program in the current last few years has been it's always been it's reputation in the college and sec uh, system has always been that this is a very hard hitting team up front. Very, is going to win in the trenches is going to hit you very hard on defense, but for, I think, as far as the NFL is concerned, it's kind of become a new wide receiver. You, most of their biggest recruits are wide receivers. You mentioned John Mechie. We can talk, you know, they they've had plenty of players come out from the position in past years too. So what really and you had Bryce Young, who was, you know, one of the highest men last year. So what really had Jamison Williams, what was kind of that connection Jamison Williams had with Bryce Young that really like that quarterback wide receiver connection that really helped him sing?
3: Well, I think he had obviously just seen, you know, a couple of guys just light it up and not just those two guys, but the year before you had Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy <laughs> in the first round of the NFL draft. So. I'm sure that was pretty attractive to him, and you're right. Alabama has shifted more towards a passing game. Some I mean, of that has to about do, to
2: Sniff. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, he wins the Heisman Trophy uh, in 2020. That doesn't hurt. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was it was an offense that was evolving. I guess you could say you could go back to their first national championship under Nick Saban in 2009. You know, that offense had a guy by the name of Julio Jones. So it wasn't like they were running just stock blockers out there. But in terms of their approach, no doubt, I mean, it was Mark Ingram that won the Heisman Trophy in 2009, for sure, not Julio Jones. But, you know, they kind of bridged that gap with Amari Cooper in 2012. And then, you know, along comes Calvin Ridley. And, you know, here comes that 2017 class uh, with Devontae, with, Rugs with Judy a year later, you're bringing in Waddle, and uh, it's just rolling and kind of under the radar. There came John Mechie, uh, in all that as well. So, uh, really, when you look at the quarterback position, uh, with Jalen Hurts, Tua, Mac Jones, now Bryce, uh, it makes a lot of sense to throw the football around a good bit more. And Nick Saban's always preached explosive plays. Um, you know, I think he has a reputation of being just a three yards in a cloud of dust guy, but. Uh, he is, he loves the explosive plays and he's unapologetic about it. There are a lot of, a lot of old heads, I guess you could say, leather, he- leather helmet heads. I guess you could <laughs> say that they love old Alabama, but it's definitely been a newer brand here in the last five or six years.
2: Yeah, I definitely got it. got that sense when, um, uh oh God, what's his name? I think he's at Ole Miss now. Um, Lane Kiffin was the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Seems to be really, really lean to, as you said, they always had the explosive plays, but they really leaned into it. But I was kind of at, you know, Jamison Williams himself. Was he kind of that just, was that the type that Nick Saban wanted was the explosive play type? Or was there something where he was kind of more of a, uh, just kind of a workhorse too, for Bryce Young?
3: Yeah, I think that they just went through again that offseason after Devontae and and Waddle moved on. And, you know, they were pleased with what they were bringing back in Mechie. But beyond John, you know, there were a lot of question marks, certainly more than they had had at any point since probably 2010 or so. I mean, it's you got to go 2011. I mean, you have to go back a long way. And so, um, you know, so they, they, they went to the portal and even though Jamison didn't have the biggest of numbers in 2020 at Ohio state, again, there was that previous relationship there. So they knew what they were getting more so than it would, it would seem uh, in Jamison Williams. And uh, you know, they, they needed that sort of 15 to 20 yard per catch guy. And that's exactly what JMO turned out to be right yeah. at 20 yards per catch. And, now, this isn't a guy who did it on 30 catches either. I mean, he had nearly 80 catches and still averaged right around 20 yards per catch.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you, you bring up the previous scouting of him because I, I guess that was going to be one of my questions is you look at what he did at Ohio State, it wasn't much. I, I was kind of curious if maybe amongst fans, maybe was there some worry that like this wasn't this wasn't going to be a move that, um you know, kind of moved the needle in, in Alabama where were, was there still, I guess, concern on campus that that maybe Alabama's receiving core was was lacking that X factor, or, or did everyone kind of see the forest of the trees, knowing that he's behind Chris Olave, he's behind Garrett Wilson, like there just there just wasn't room for him at Ohio State?
3: Yeah, I think uh, I think that was pretty well understood, but still, um, you know, obviously, I think Alabama fans were anxious to see it play yeah. out that way on the field, and you know, you heard some rumblings last summer that look, this guy's going to be a starter. He's going to be the starter opposite John Mechie. It didn't take long, and then against Miami, he has the explosive play for a touchdown in the season opener, and pretty much just went from there.
2: So well, I well, wondered, go ahead, I, I was gonna I was gonna turn the clock head towards the injury, unless you were going to get something. Well, uh, yeah, just, I mean, my my. So you find
1: out early that he's going to be a starter. When when do you think it clicked amongst maybe the coaching staff, the fans? Ever when when did it click that this guy? was something special like a first round talent special
3: well i think there was some indications that might be the case even coming out of summer workouts Hmm. a year ago but again it still goes back to production and how is this guy going to respond you know once you're actually playing football but then once fall camp got underway and you had some scrimmage work 11 on 11 uh, stuff like that uh, that that drum beat sort of intensified yeah. uh and then he goes into the season and, and very quickly establishes himself as you know potentially that kind of guy um in a, in a pretty good receiver class i would say mm-hmm. you know when yeah. you look at it so yeah. um there there was a lot of there was a lot of positive reviews coming out as early as really the first few weeks that he was on campus hmm
2: so second quarter of the college football playoff game, Jameis Williams tears his ACL um, exits the game pretty much. I think it's a non, it was a non-contact injury mm-hmm. um, kind of puts a damper on, as you say, it kind of puts him behind the eight ball on what was a pretty loaded wide receiver class, be it, you know, Drake London or the Ohio state guys. Um, I guess my question, I've, this, I guess is a two-parter and you can a- answer the second part. First, uh, first part though, what, how, how, how much do you think the injury kind of impacted him going into the scouting season if you did keep up with kind of the combine and you know draft stock and everything? And B, uh, would he have actually run the fastest 40 time ever as he closed?
3: <laughs> yeah, I, that would have been fascinating to find out. If you watch him just in terms of on the football field, it's hard to argue against him we'll never know obviously it's fun to consider but you know i didn't really have major concerns as much as anything you worried about the timing because he has the injury the second week of january yeah you know and you do the math on combine and and workouts and the draft and you pretty much understand he's going to be out for all that i think the thing that helped jamison too though was that it's a big red flag. Don't get me wrong. If you have an ACL in January, but I don't think Jamison had anything else in his history. You know, regardless if we're talking tangibly, intangibly, that was going to be a problem for him, right? So uh, teams look at the tape, and then and and for him, the fortunate thing was there was plenty of it by the time he went down with that unfortunate injury. Um, you know, you, you pretty much knew what you were going to get. You saw him, and really one and a half games against Georgia make a defense that a lot of people were talking about, maybe being among the greatest of all time, really ordinary. And so, you know, that worked in his favor, but yeah, there's always concern. Um, and, and you didn't know really the extent, was it just the ACL where there's some other issues related to the injury? Uh, sounds like he came through the medical process extremely well, as you, as you guys know, I mean, these clubs, they put as much money into that as they do just about anything else in the, in the scouting and evaluation process. So no rock went unturned. And so, uh, sounds like he came through it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I one
1: thing we like to do with these, uh, these podcasts is kind of get to know the, the person a little more. Um, and, and I know, understand like, sometimes it's not possible. You guys, you, you only had Jameson for, for a season, um, but he's kind of been a tough nut to crack here in Detroit. And, you know, there were some dumb rumblings that he didn't smile enough on draft night and blah, 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 but he's, I mean, he's been kind of a low-key guy. Um, you mentioned that early on in his time in, in Alabama, there was already rumblings that this guy might be special. Was any of that on like the personality side? What, what do you know about him as a person that might kind of maybe endear him or, or, or uh, inform Lions fans about him?
3: Yeah, as you said, the, the, the timing of his, you know, the amount of time he was in the program was so brief. It was, yeah. Um, I've had layovers in Atlanta that are longer than <laughs> Jamison Williams was in Tuscaloosa. So, you know, we didn't even have the spring because yeah. he came in right. after spring. So mm-hmm. it was really a condensed amount of time. I think if you follow him on social media, you see he's got some personality. I he's agree. a hell of a dresser. I'll tell you that it's pregame fits very well. Um, yeah, he's going to be top five on the team, I bet. And, (laughs) you know, he, he's a, he's a good teammate by all accounts. You know, he and Mechie kind of came up, I guess with the crane kick thing that, you know, they were karate kid, widely renowned for. And (laughs) so he likes to have fun with it. He's just not what I would call gregarious. Um, but you know, uh, pretty reserved, I would say. But again, we, we just really, you know, didn't have a a ton of time to, to, to dig into, to Jamison Williams, the person you you knew he was a, a great talent. You you knew by all accounts, he was a, he was a good teammate. Um, Don't think there were really a lot of issues. He plays with so much emotion. That's the one thing that you wondered about at times on the field you know and 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 he really expresses himself on the football field and there's a ton of positives in that but sometimes uh, before he really settled in you wondered okay he had a drop here how is he going to respond to that and, you know it seemed like though more often far more often than not he was he was just fine and and he was willing to do whatever they wanted him to do this is a guy who covered punts you yeah. know so like Devonte Smith the year before and uh, basically, they lost him for nearly three quarters of the Auburn game because right. you know, he gets ejected for targeting covering a punt. So, <laughs> and I think that kind of speaks to his willingness and you know what what he's willing to do to help his team. That's
1: and and you know at least we know here in in Detroit that Dan Campbell thinks that that story is more of a positive than a negative. Getting
2: thrown out for sure. targeting just because he's I mean, willing playing. to be
1: that kind of gritty player
2: playing with passion on the field is like that's that's the mo that's, that's the mo around here i mean to to the point too about different personalities i i have talked with enough football players like jeremy there is something to the idea that like you're just i think golden tate when i talk with him he was he was always talking about like how when he steps on the football field his brain goes somewhere else it switches right like some it's, some guys just get in the zone like that yeah certainly sounds like jameson's one of
1: those guys all right um we're gonna take our first break when we come back we're gonna get a little bit more into the technical side of jameson williams games we all know he's a speedy guy but what else can he bring to the detroit lions we're gonna find out when we come back here on first bite with travis ryer of talking tide podcast we'll be right back And we are back here on First Bite, talking all things Jamison Williams with Travis Ryard, the Senior Recruiting Analyst for BamaOnline.com. Travis, let's get into it. Uh, like I kind of teased at the top or at the bottom of the last segment, all we hear about is Jamison Williams' speed. And, and not to say that's not something that's valuable. We all see you guys, like Tyreek Hill, use utilize that speed in, in a very lethal way at the NFL level. But what tell, tell me what else he brings to the table, because I know he's more than just a speed guy.
3: Yeah, I think Jamison probably after the catch doesn't get enough credit you know you look at the speed and you see a lot of his clips and they're on vertical throws and you know he's basically out running a corner outrunning a safety hitting a safety with a double move or out running double coverage in some instances like you get it did against georgia in the sec championship game on the deep ball but no i think after the catch he can be better than maybe people are giving him credit for you saw that against georgia in the sec championship game that was that was a big moment they're down 10 to nothing and he takes kind of this digger out in between a slant and a dig and he just splits the safety in the corner and that really ignited the fire for alabama in that game and that was largely after the catch so no i think that's a, an area of his game as a receiver um that that he can be better uh, than people maybe think. It doesn't just have to happen on plays or throws that, you know, you're talking about 40 to 50 yards of uh, airtime for the football, you know, before he's on the other end of it. So, you know, you worry about that part a little bit, maybe more with the ACL, Uh, you know, his lateral movement and uh, his cutting ability and maybe even some of the psychological stuff that goes along with that. Uh, but, as far as his straight line speed i don't think that's going to be impacted at all
2: um coaches really talked about um just kind of the just again like we, we were kind of hitting on it with his personality last segment about kind of that gritty attitude he takes. We talked about some of his special team's play um, Do we have any more examples from i mean you, you mentioned fielding punts at Alabama. Do you have kind of any examples of kind of what makes him? just kind of sing on that front. I, I don't think the lions are really going to might use him in those positions, but I mean, definitely helps.
3: Well, I'll, I'll tell you at Alabama, non-negotiable is blocking at the wide receiver position. And again, I don't think that's something he'll probably get asked to do as much. Um, maybe he will, but he might, at, he might. At Alabama, I mean, for a
2: damn Campbell system, probably. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I know it's something he'll do, but yeah. um it's, I know at Alabama, and I'm sure it is in the NFL, but it's an absolute non-negotiable. They, they don't care who you are. Um, if you at least don't have a willingness to block, you will not play. Right. And that's why you've seen probably in part some of the transfers out of Alabama in the past because mm-hmm. there's been guys that have been absolutely fantastic You know when they're targeted or catching the football or, or things like that. But there's a physicality uh, to the position that, uh, must be adhered to. And again, uh, with, with the head coach there and, um, you know, his mindset, his approach, I'm sure that'll, that'll translate well. And that's an area where I don't know if Jamison was quite up to the level of say a John Betsy in that area, because John had been in the program for three years. Um, but I I don't think it's a willingness issue either. I, I think it's something he's, he's more than, than willing to, to do how would you rate
1: like his, his hands? Is, is he, is he a reliable catcher a hundred percent of the time? Is he a guy you're, you're never going to have to worry about drops or you mentioned, you know, maybe he had a couple early in the season and you were mm-hmm. worried it might turn into a mental thing just overall. Like, I mean, you've seen so many good receivers go through that program where, where I guess does Jameson kind of rank on that list? I think
3: some of his issues when he's had them is probably gone back to the emotional yeah. uh, aspect uh, and and the juice that he plays with, and it had probably more to do with early in games when he was exceptionally amped. Um but he always responded pretty well to that, and and would go on to clean it up. But yeah, he had a few drops, and so um, that's an area that I, I think again he'll he'll improve and and become more sure handed. But he he did have I wouldn't say issues with it, but. Um, you know, the Tennessee game, I recall pretty vividly. One of the first plays of the game, they throw him an easy hitch and he drops it. But then, you know, he pretty much proceeds to light them up. So, you know, if you get it out of him early, it seems like he's pretty much okay after that.
1: Not not a case of the yips. Like, like no. let's say some older tight ends that the
3: Lions used to have. No, not not to that extent.
2: <laughs> you really going to go there on this one, huh? Um, <laughs> I had to. Yeah, no, I know it's a requirement at this point. Even, even if you don't think it, it's just a meme. Um, I, I wanted to ask Travis, like the guy who gave Jamison Williams the most problems at Alabama from an opposing side, be it a corner or a safety or someone was who like were, like what game kind of gave him the most kind of the most struggle?
3: Oh gosh. Um, other than the Auburn game because he got ejected. um it's kind of hard to kind of hard to find one i'd say Kyrie elam Mm. of florida did a pretty good job against alabama in general um you know bryce still got his yards but the yards per attempt i don't recall being you know what they were in a lot of games so um i think jamison four catches 61 yards against florida in that game in gainesville um otherwise i i i don't yeah, you know, Martin Emerson didn't really give him much. Emmanuel Forbes, a couple of really good corners at Mississippi State didn't didn't hamper him all that much. And you know, Arkansas tried to play a lot of man coverage against him um, with their top corner, who I believe signed as an undrafted free agent with the Jags. And hmm. I mean, they paid you know pretty. <laughs> Pretty mightily. I think it was eight for one ninety for Jamison in that game. So (laughs) yeah, you know, I think everyone looks at Georgia and kind of thinks it's gonna be like Kaylee Ringo or, you know, some of those guys, but you know, he torched Georgia in Atlanta, seven for one eighty four. Um, you know, he had four for sixty-five before he went out with the injury in the rematch. So um, I guess I would point more, you know, Sauce Gardner obviously of Cincinnati. Uh, there was a lot of talk after that game, and, and Sauce is in both those corners. You know, Kobe and Sauce are really good Fantastic. players. Yeah. But
2: I was going to say, Kerry um, Alam was also a fr- – I think he went to the uh, Buffalo Bills in the first round as well. Yeah, he's a first round guy. And so,
3: but game plan was a lot of it against Cincinnati. I mean, if, if you like old school Alabama, ground and pound, that was the game for you if you're an Alabama fan because right. they just basically said, you know Cincinnati's inferior in terms of personnel and their front seven, and this is going to be the the Brian Robinson show with the run game. And um, I think they had their biggest rushing output of the season in that win over Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl.
1: Well, okay, so you mentioned Kair, you you mentioned Sauce. Those are two pretty big physical corners. Is is that maybe a, a, a potential weak point of his game, or? You know, was it maybe something specific that Florida did since maybe they, they didn't focus too much on the passing game in that Cincy game?
3: Yeah, it was still a little early uh, when they saw Florida. So I think yeah. that may have had something to do with it. I think it was the third game of the season. Yeah. Um, You know, I think when you look at Jamison, you, you kind of wonder about that because he's silly, I guess you could say. Sure. Um, he's not Julio Jones in terms of his physical makeup. He's more Devonte smith for sure in that regard so he's gonna have to be exceptional on his releases probably more so with his footwork and um uh, you know his quickness and preparation he, he's not probably going to be able to get separation initially at least um by winning with his hands um at the line of scrimmage and, and again, that's not because he's not willing to. I, I think he will, and I and I think he'll continue to get stronger. Hmm. So he'll probably develop some of that. But initially, at least, I think that's how he's going to have to win against press coverage.
1: And then you, you mentioned like he he'll have to win with his footwork. Is is that something that you see is strength in his
3: game outside of just the speed? Like is he a technically yeah. sound route runner? I think you. I think he's got room to grow. I, mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think he's the route runner that John Mechie was And something else. I think John Mechie was more instinctive once the play broke down. That's why you saw Bryce young have this sort of dependency on Mechie maybe more so when it plays were extended, mm-hmm. but there was also more of a familiarity there right. with John, you know, whereas Jameson was still pretty new to the situation, but um I think Jamison's capable of that as well. Um, He's, you know, I I think in space, in short space before the injury, he was a lot better than people thought, you know, in terms of just throwing him maybe the quick hitch and then letting him do his thing in space against a defensive back. Um, That's where I'll be probably as interested as any other area of his game to see him post-injury is, again – after the catch cuts, getting in and out of his breaks, things like that, running routes. Um, But, you know, that, that's, that's something that, that we won't know. I don't think until we probably get a good, a good bit into the season.
2: Right. I guess last one for me, Um, just if, if I was going to rank them as far as who Jamison Williams works closest with when he's figuring things out, we go offensive coordinator, wide receiver, coach, quarterback, like, how, how are you, like, how, how closely is he to each of those guys? Cause like, I know for Detroit, for, for Jared Goff, Jared Goff needs to be very comfortable with his receivers. So I'm just kind of curious how closely Jamison Williams works with some of the other staff around him, or is he just kind of like, he reads the playbook, he gets out there, he does his thing, and they just make it work.
3: Yeah. It's interesting because NFL seems to have taken on some of, the college aspect, when it comes to off-season work, like you see these quarterbacks flying in guys to different locales to work out on their own yeah. in the off-season, and that's pretty much the way it's always been in college football because you know you have that time in the summer months where it's pretty much on the players, you know, to organize, get themselves together, and that's where you develop those relationships, like you do with a Bryce Young, I would say. You know, it starts in the wide receiver room with Holman Wiggins, the wide receivers coach at Alabama, but almost tethered. I'd say Bryce is a big part of that. You know, Bryce isn't very outspoken or, um, you know, you you don't hear much from Bryce, but by all accounts, he does a really nice job of kind of running that show this time of year. So I would say it's it's more along those lines. It's become so much like the NFL. I mean, you've got Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach. And, um, yeah, there's interaction, but, you know, they're, they're limited a, a good bit more. And I know with the, you know, with the situation in the NFL now, um, they, they've gotten more and more limited in terms of opportunities to, to get together formally and, yeah. and, and work out and things like that, too.
1: Um I got two more for you. Um first I want to talk uh about maybe your your idea, your projection of what his kind of NFL potential is because on some level it does feel like we only got to scratch the surface of what he's capable of having really only one season as a full starter. So I guess what do you think the Lions have in Jamison Williams and and what do you think his his is ceiling? Like, are, are we talking about a perennial potential Pro Bowl receiver?
3: I think he can be, and you guys know. So much of it is who's throwing you the football too. Sure. Yeah. And can you protect that guy? I mean, so many things that go into it. Um, yeah. I mean, you put him with Aaron Rodgers and I can see Devontae Adams, you know, yeah. and Jamison Williams, but uh, they're, they're, is he enough to lift all boats in Detroit? No, I, I think they're still going to have to get some help to go with him. Um, you know, and, and so, that's going to be fascinating to watch play out here in the next year or two where they go at quarterback and yeah. just as an organization where they where they turn and and try to pivot to offensively and but the one constant he brings is you know the ability to 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 score from anywhere on the field yeah so you know i just think his presence even if it doesn't show up as much statistically initially um, I think other areas that offense will certainly benefit from him being there.
1: Yeah, I thought you said it right at the top. He, he he improves your your running game simply by pushing those safeties back, and that's something I know the lines will will definitely there, be looking. Teams are
3: going teams are going to be tempted to press him. I yeah. mean, because you look at him and you think, "Ah, oh, we'll come up." Okay, well, you, you better be right. Yes, you yes. better get the jam, you better not miss. because if you miss, <laughs> it, it, there there's no recovery. I don't, and I understand it's the NFL, all that. Right. There there won't be a DB that can recover from that if they don't, if they're not right at, at that point.
1: And then my last question for you before uh, I'm gonna let you plug some some of your stuff here is, uh, what was his most memorable play at Alabama? What what's the thing that if if someone's like, I've never seen Jamison Williams play, show me one clip that's Jamison Williams.
3: Wow, um you know it, it was a negative, but the damn targeting penalty—it <laughs> it, hey, it was because that you talk about changing a game and just turning it into a four overtime prayer <laughs> fest for Alabama, um, you know, and it worked out well for mechie because he became kind of the showcased guy and and the hero in the end. But um, that would be up there now. Yeah you know, you hate to point to negatives. I, I think most Alabama fans are going to look at the knee injury, you know, sure. because it came on an explosive play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alabama was in a good spot in the game. And, um, you know, he goes out and the offense, again, suffers significantly because there is no Mechie at that point right. to to, to kind of carry that load. So, um, but on the positive front, I think you could, you could look at a couple of catches, Probably against Georgia, again the one in the ten nothing game where it looked like Georgia might, you know, just kind of walk off in that SEC championship game, and you know he catches that bullet from Bryce and and goes to the house from there, and and then he had the the other one in the game where you know he he runs past the the corner and the safety. Lewis Sign is like a first round safety, yeah, you know, and he just go back and watch that deep ball. I mean, Sign is playing the deep kind of third there right and Jamison just runs right by (laughs) and and Bryce Bryce wasn't worried about Lewis sign either he just threw it you know (laughs) because he said if if Jamo's even he's leaving and he was (laughs) and so I would say on a positive front probably um probably those two yeah well that's Travis
1: Ryer uh again uh let me let me hit give you the floor here to to promote your stuff uh, where where Lions fans can find your work maybe anything you've written on 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 Jameson or, or you know maybe if if there's some Lions fans that are also Alabama fans where they where can they find you
3: yeah, I had a few Bama players up there in the last few that's years. That's true. It's pretty yeah. good drought that seemed like there for a while. I uh, just need to get them to stick around now for a right. little while. I already um, miss
2: my large adult son, Sean Robinson. <laughs> yeah,
3: we missed him in Tuscaloosa. You know, he came to Tuscaloosa, he was like 46. So he was about 48, 49 by the time he got yep. to Detroit. No, um, BamaOnline.com, that's where you can find myself. And we've got a great staff, Tim Watts um charlie potter kirk mm-hmm. mcnair hank south it's it's a fun site we try to cover alabama as well as anybody out there if not better and i've been doing this for right around 20 years now with BamaOnline.com. so we would certainly appreciate you uh checking out the website we're part of the 24 7 sports.com network not all that difficult to find
1: Awesome. Well, Travis, really, really appreciate your time. Really appreciate the insight into Jameson. I'm sure you'll be checking in, uh, you know, daily, hoping, uh, hoping we get to see him somewhat soon. We'll see what the ACL tear, but uh, thank you for for joining us and in your insight. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next time talking to Nathan Hutchinson. Uh, but until then, appreciate you listening. It's chaos. Be kind.
2: Ryan had a great baby.
1: Ryan had a great baby.